Now, before we dive into this podcast, I just want to take a moment to announce a one particular program that is going to be launching on May 10th, and that is through the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies. And this program is definitely a must-take program. Now, they are not a sponsor of this podcast, but I just have such high regard for everything and anything that Dr. Colin Campbell does through the Center for Nutrition Studies because Dr. Colin Campbell is a brilliant man who has studied food as medicine for longer than anybody else that we know of currently um, on the planet. He is in full alignment with the work that the Gerson therapy um, and Dr. Max Gerson's therapy research. So that all coincides because Dr. Gerson's research is a hundred years old and to have Dr. Colin Campbell's research where he didn't know about the man at the time, but to see that his research on the other side of the planet was also producing the same results and it all just links together and helps to further support the knowledge base that food is medicine and plant-based whole foods are what is going to produce ultimate health, not just in our bodies, but on the planet. So I want to take this time to talk about a wonderful program that they are launching. The next program launches on May 10th. They kicked off their first program on April 19th. So I don't think you can sign up for that yet or anymore, but definitely sign up for the program on May 10th. It is free of charge and it's called the Global 10-Day Jumpstart to Flatten the Curve Through Nutrition Program. Now, this program is going to be phenomenal. The reason I know it's going to be exceptional is because of the fact that I've already taken the certification program through the Cornell University's Plant-Based Nutrition Studies Program. And so anything that Dr. Colin Campbell puts out is truly gold because it is so embedded in um, evidence-based medicine. And it not only looks at clinical trials, but all of the work that he does, he also looks at epidemiological studies. So studies of populations over long periods of time so that you get the best of all worlds in that kind of research because you get to see what happens in the lab and what happens in real life. So that's why I have such high regard for everything that Dr. Colin Campbell does. Now, um, what the Global 10-Day Jumpstart to Flatten the Curve Through Nutrition program is about, it's they are going to be teaching um, you everything through webinars, cooking classes, daily emails, and other resources, like I said, all free of charge, that will help people foster a healthy immune system by welcoming more delicious plant-based meals into their daily diet. And that's perfect for everything we're talking about on this podcast today. Participants will not only acquire valuable ideas, cooking techniques, and powerful principles of plant-based nutrition, so that's the science behind plant-based nutrition, but by day 10, you will find yourself part of a larger community that is imbued with a vision of a kinder and healthier world. So this program really is all-encompassing, and I encourage you to sign up for their global 10-day Jumpstart to Flatten the Curve Through Nutrition program starting on May 10th. And you can go to their website. Their link is below. And sign up for the program. Let us know that you signed up for the program as well, because I want to know that you heard about the program through us and that you signed up. 
There is no sponsorship fee for me talking about this. I don't get any money from this whatsoever. Like I said, the reason I promote anything and everything that Dr. T. Colin Campbell does is because he is a legend when it comes to the science and the art of adopting and living and understanding what a plant-based lifestyle and diet can do for you. Okay, so sign up for that today and let's jump into the rest of the show today where I'm going to be teaching you about all the things that you need to do to build resiliency and robustness in your immune system, in your body, and in your community so that you can defend yourself against COVID-19 and all other future pandemics that will inevitably come our way. So thanks for being with us and let's jump into the podcast for today. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I am Nicolette Richet and I am your host of this show. And today's podcast is a solo podcast where I wanted to really dive into the different topics around COVID-19, which are not necessarily being, well, in fact, they aren't being talked about at all in mainstream media. Beyond the hand washing and the coughing into your elbow and, you know, sanitizing everything and social distancing, the media is not covering the actual things that need to be happening right now across the planet in every single community while we are in isolation. And these things that I'm about to talk about are the things that need to be done regardless of whether there's COVID-19. But if you were to do them now, you would actually increase your chances of withstanding not only COVID-19, but we know that another epidemic is going to hit us. It's just a matter of time. If you've been living on the planet for as long as I have, which is going on 45 years, within a couple of weeks, I'm going to celebrate my 45th birthday. And in the time that I've been on the planet, I have witnessed SARS. Um, I've witnessed COVID-19, which we're currently in. We have seen the HIV epidemic. We have seen um, uh, uh, swine flu. We have seen, um, I mean, there's so many epidemics that we have seen. Not only that, but there's epidemics that are smaller that happen within certain countries that we are not even aware of in the Western world. And these epidemics um, could be a viral outbreak, a bacterial outbreak. It could be things like the parasite, for example, that my family contracted while we were in Africa last uh, two years ago. Um, this is technically a pandemic, but it's not treated as such because we have a treatment for it. But meanwhile, millions of people die every year from Bilharzia and Schistosomiasis parasite. And, you know, there's people all over the world that are not being treated for it because outside of these countries, um, like Egypt and continents like Africa, where, and even in South America, and now even in the Colorado River in the United States, um, where schistosomiasis is present, I mean, the Western world just doesn't know about it, so they're not treating it, and they're letting people suffer from it. So, 
at the end of the day, when it comes to surviving something like this, and also knowing that this, another pandemic or epidemic will hit you in your lifetime. If you are my age, if you are in your 50s, it's just a matter of what, another decade that needs to go by before something like this happens again. No, it may not result in isolation, but there's a high probability that it will affect you or someone you love, someone you know. So where we are right now with the media and with saying, you know, wash your hands, social distance, and cough into your sleeve, those are three really great strategies for flattening the curve. No doubt about that. We do need to flatten the curve. But what happens when we go back into society and we are released back into the world to connect with other humans and go back to work and social distancing is not being mandated anymore. What is going to happen? Because this right now, it's going to be about a year before vaccination is present. And there are, it's going to be just like any other virus that's out there where some people will not be able to be vaccinated because they're immune compromised, where people will not want to be vaccinated because they are rightfully distrusting of the vaccine and the potential long-term or short-term side effects of it. And they're entitled to those opinions because we've seen the effects of vaccinations in the past. We've seen the effects of medications on the past doing harm to people. So we should not just blindly enter into whatever is being mandated by the world, but we need to be educated about it. Now, when you do get released into the world, as we will, as will happen one day, you have to know that you are still prone to COVID-19 or a mutation of COVID-19, um, just like COVID-19 is a mutation of, um, of other viruses that have been out there, or it's an arm of other viruses that we've already seen, like SARS and H1N1. And so what happens is you're going to want to go out into the world with a robust, amazing bomber, like, you know, literally foolproof immune system. You're going to want to go out into the world knowing that you have resilience, that you have actively worked to build in your body. Because if this, if another pandemic or another virus is out there and active in amongst the human population, um, taking us down like COVID-19 is, well, we know that it's affecting people who are immune compromised, who are elderly, who another study came out showing that uh, the number of people that have died from COVID-19, they also had not only a compromised immune system, the way we would think about a compromised immune system, like they already had another illness or they were in a home, but people who died also had heart disease, okay? So they had, um, which is a chronic degenerative disease, as well as they had a compromised microbiome. Now, I know a lot of my listeners out there already know what a microbiome is, but I have to tell you that you are one of the few. You are still a very small percentage of humans that understand that we have this very complex 
we now call it another organ system, which is your microbiome, which is made up of the bacteria and parasites and fungi and um, bacteria that make up your body, but which is other. They, it does not have the same DNA that you do. This is another living system unto its own that is not you. Meanwhile, you are made up of, you know, some people say 30 trillion to 300 trillion human cells. And your microbiome is made up of up to 40 quadrillion parasites, bacteria, fungi, and, um, and others and that has its own ecosystem, that has its own DNA, that has its own entity, that has nothing to do with you. And this is what I find truly fascinating. So we do know with the, and this study came out of China, with the people that died of COVID-19, they also had a compromised microbiome. So we're going to touch on that in this show as well. And we're going to touch on... Um, what to do to build up your system so that you have resiliency. You are going to be bomber foolproof when another pandemic hits, because it will hit. You, you don't kid yourself that once this is over, it's over. In fact, it's truly just the beginning, because the things that we know about COVID-19 is that it is a virus that was released into the human population through the animal kingdom, and what the scientists are now showing, what the environmentalists have been saying all along, what the biologists have known for so long, is that it's just been a matter of time before we decimate the animal kingdom, before we decimate their environment that they live in, the trees and the soil and the microcosm and the macrocosm that these animals live in, that it was just a matter of time before the viruses that happily live amongst the animal population, the bats and the monkeys and the snakes and the rats and the, and the everything before those viruses um, actually cross over and start affecting the human population. Now, one thing that it is important to know about viruses, about bacteria, is that they know no boundaries. They don't have, you know, the Canadian US border. They don't have the Mexico US border, any of the European borders that exist. Um, when it comes to nature, there are no borders. There is no animals and humans because humans are animals. And it's really important for you to understand that and know that and finally realize this. You are not separate from the animal kingdom because you are part of the animal kingdom. You are part of nature. You are part of everything and anything that is around us, whether it is a, you know, $10 bill that's sitting on your table to a bracelet that is sitting in, you know, a bowl on your desk. I'm looking at mine right now. Whether you're looking at the light fixtures in your house or the trees outside or the little squirrel that's running up the post um, that I can see um, outside my window right now. Um, or the bear that's going to be coming into my backyard in a few months' time when all the plums start ripening on our fruit trees. So 
all of these things are connected. And you might be wondering like, Nikki, come on, you're falling off your rocker here. Honestly, how could the bracelet and the $10 bill and the lights um, and the squirrel and the bear and the trees and the soil outside be connected to me? Well, when it comes down to it, we are carbon beings. All living form, the backbone of all living form is a carbon chain. And not only that, though, all the resources that come out of the planet, out of the earth, out of the mines, out of the fields, out of the trees and the forests, all of those things that form and eventually create the bracelet or the diamond or the light switch or your Tesla engine or the $10 bill, the paper or the plastic to make it, all of it came from nature. Okay. It all came from somewhere that most likely, whether it was a mineral or whether it was a carbon chain backbone living entity that was then denatured to turn into, you know, whatever it is that you're holding or touching or feeling or wearing or putting on your skin or driving, all of it came from nature just like you did and just like you are. You're not separate from anything out there. And because you're not separate from it, you're not really any better. The only thing that makes you think you're better is the fact that you know we do have these larger brains that have been able to process information and to think logically and illogically about a lot of things. But it doesn't mean that the way we've thought about ourselves and humans is correct. In fact, it couldn't be more incorrect the way we've used our brains to think that humans are better than anything and everything out there. We're not, in fact. We are part of it and we are one. And until we start to understand that, until all humans on the planet start to really grasp that concept, then we will forever take action in destroying our planet, in destroying our communities, in destroying our environment, instead of actually working to make it better, to restore it, and to truly engage in the actual act of sustainability for generations. Now, when I speak like this, I'm not speaking for all humans, because of the fact that Indigenous Aboriginal First Nation communities and individuals from all over the world have actually known this. They didn't need to read textbooks and go to university and study sustainability or community development or environmental studies to know these things that we talk about and that I'm talking about right now. In fact, First Nations, Aboriginal, um, Indigenous communities around the world, and they've known that we are one with everything. We are one with the lightning and the wind and the soil and the water and the dirt and the animals and the plants and the sky and the ground in the universe. They have known that. They have not had to study it because that knowledge has been translated down from generation to generation. And this is what I love about having a podcast is that I get to storytell and I get to use um, the act of telling 
and sharing information that can be translated down from generation to generation, just like these indigenous communities, First Nations and Aboriginal communities have done for centuries and centuries and centuries. And so it's important now more than ever that we all engage in the act of storytelling, that we all engage in sharing information so that this knowledge that we are all one. And I'm not saying this in a hippie, dippy, esoteric way. I'm saying this in a scientific, logical, practical, um, innate, um, you know, literally proven way that we are all one. We are all connected. And before I dive into the rest of this podcast, I really think it's important for you to sit there if you're listening to this or to keep walking if you're walking and listening to this podcast or running and listening to this podcast or driving and listening to this podcast, that you take a moment to truly understand and know that you are no different, you are no better, no worse, you are not any more special or you are just as special as literally every single thing, every single animal, every single human, every single piece of the world around you. You are part of it. You are not separate from it. And when you know that, and when you truly start to understand that and believe that, then everything I'm going to say from here on in will actually just be common sense. You won't have to experience these aha moments like, oh, slaughtering animals and eating meat and animal-based products and dairy three times a day or five times a day with your snacks is not, you know, it, you won't look at it and think like, oh, an aha moment that that is not the right thing. You will actually just innately know that you are part of the animal kingdom, the side that is not included on the animal, on the lions and tigers and the meat eating carnivore side, but you are part of the animal kingdom that is part of the apes and the chimpanzees and the orangutans and all the animals that actually are more like us and the ones that eat predominantly and 99.9% plants, you'll start to realize that our body was made for that. You'll stop, you know, saying things like, well, my doctor told me that I need protein and therefore I need to have dairy and meat and other animal-based products to get it. When you actually take a moment to stop and think that you are one and connected to nature, you'll start to realize that the obvious has always been there. You didn't need a biologist or a doctor or a chemist or a scientist to tell you these things. You will start to actually innately feel your connection to nature, innately know that eating plant-based foods feels better for you. I can't tell you how many of my clients that I've coached over the years have said to me, well, one time I did this cleanse, this diet where I could only eat vegetables, fruits, some legumes and whole grains. And 
I never felt better, ever, never, ever felt better than I did during that time when I only ate those plant-based foods, or I went vegan, or I went vegetarian, or I got rid of the refined food and only ate whole foods. And you know, a client just told me this the other day, and as I was listening to her say that, I was like, well, why aren't you sticking with that? Oh, well, no, because, you know, and then all these excuses come forth. Well, I, you know, I, I, I was probably missing protein or I was probably missing vitamins and nutrients that I can only get through meat and through dairy. And what about the calcium and what about the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then people start making excuses as opposed to actually sitting with that feeling of feeling the best that you ever did in your entire life when you were plant-based, whole food, vegetarian, vegan, whatever the cleanse or the diet or the whatever it was. But why wouldn't you stick with that lifestyle as a lifestyle instead of going back to the old ways, instead of listening to the marketers tell you what you need to be eating, right? or the doctors telling you what you need to be eating that or looking at the the food pyramids or the charts of the, you know the created by government um, and having them dictate what you should be eating so when you understand and you take the time to understand that you are one with everything around you you start to listen to your gut and you start to listen to your hut, or as my writing coach, Alexander Franson says, you listen to your hut, the combination of your hut and your gut and your gut. And when you listen to your hut, then that is when you are actually are going to be guided to take actions that will not only benefit you, but will benefit your family, that will benefit your children, your aging parents, your community members, your village, your, you know, larger city and country and continent and ultimately the planet. Okay. So this is a place where I want to jump into giving you more of the, you know, top 10 things to do to make yourself resilient to not only COVID-19, but to aging to other pandemics, viral pandemics and bacterial pandemics that are going to hit us in our lifetime. And, you know, these practical things are not things that are, you know, uh, just the things that I think we should be doing, but these have been extracted from the current day research, as well as hundred years of research that I've been able to dive into over the last 22 years and that have shown up consistently. As I see the studies coming out of COVID-19, they're actually nothing new. They're just confirming what we already know, what I've already come to research and see to be true. And they're just confirming that, yes, we need to strengthen our immune system. We need to make sure that our body is nutrified with nutrients. We need to make sure that we don't have heart disease as we go into these pandemics. And we know how to live a life, how to be a centenarian. So live a long life free of heart disease. That's already been studied, but what's not happening 
is that information isn't being made mainstream to the public. And I know some of you might be thinking, well, if it's already been studied and we know, why isn't it mainstream? And there's a lot of hoops that we need to go through to make it mainstream. One of those hoops is we need to teach medical doctors these things. And until the curriculum is changed and until the medical curriculum in med schools is different to show that a predominant plant-based whole foods, unrefined foods diet is the way to go. Well, it's not going to be mainstream. As well, the media won't pick up on it because they're relying on the scientists and the medical doctors to give their opinions. But when you have scientists and medical doctors saying, well, we need to eat meat, we need to eat dairy, we need to um, we don't need to take things like iodine and zinc and supplements and vitamin C and so on because they're looking at studies that are poorly designed to not allow this information to be mainstream. Well, this information won't become um, you know, the information that you're seeing on Fox News or that you're seeing on NBC or CBC or you know, any of the news channels that you're watching. You actually have to go beyond the news to access this information. And it's not hard to find because of the fact that we have so much open source medical data, research data that's out there that you can access, but you need to go beyond Google. You need to go into Google Scholar. You need to go into bookstores. You need to go into university libraries and access the PhD research studies, the master's research studies, the books that have come out of that kind of research. And I'm going to be talking about what those books are and how to get access to them as well. So let's dive into the things that you can do starting today to increase your resiliency or your resilience against not only COVID, but future pandemics that are kind of come your way. Okay. So one of the things that you absolutely need to be doing is you need to nutrify your body. And I'm just going to take a little sip here because I'm speaking a lot. And I love when I do interviews because I don't have to speak as much. And it gives me a chance to take my breath and to also catch my breath and to take a sip of water. Mm. So to build your resiliency, you need to nutrify your body. And to nutrify your body, what I mean by that is you need to get off the crack. And when I say crack, I'm serious. You need to get off the addictive food substances that so many people in Western countries, in post-colonial developed industrialized countries are eating. And I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. So since COVID happened um, and prior to COVID, I started working out with a personal trainer three days a week. And after we had to go into isolation, I wasn't sure what was going to happen because I didn't have access to the gym and I didn't have access to my coach. And so I proposed that uh, to Megan Suter, who is my incredible um, personal trainer uh, from Peak Training Whistler, and I said, well, could we just move our training sessions online? And so we did. 
And it's been incredible because I've been outside in my backyard. The sun has been shining down on me while I'm doing my hour-long training sessions. Um, I've been using milk jugs, you know, apple cider vinegar jugs because we don't have milk jugs, but apple cider vinegar jugs that are four liters filled with water. That actually equates to 10 pounds of weight. Um, I happen to have a kettlebell and an exercise ball and really just using, you know, things that I have around the house, chairs and um, the side of my porch um, to be able to use them as benches so that I can do these exercises. So it's been awesome. And then I have Megan set up on FaceTime on my computer, which I just swivel around and she can see what I'm doing while I do the exercises. Amazing. But in addition to that, you know, as I'm getting stronger and more fit, I was like, okay, I'm going to download one of these apps to also get you fit. Because as many of you know, we launched our 22 million campaign um, where our campaign is that we're going to help 22 million people reverse their chronic disease by 2030. And we were going to kick it off with me running and biking 2,200 kilometers from Pemberton, British Columbia, where which is where I live, all the way down to California. And we are going to educate people along the way. So that's our 22 million campaign. So I need to get fit to obviously be able to run and ride 2,200 kilometers, something I've never done before. I've never even done a marathon or a half marathon. The most I've done is a 10K. Um, and so I decided to download one of these apps to, you know, really track what I'm eating and also to track my exercise and my workouts and my runs and my walks and um, my sleep pad, literally to track everything. Plus I've combined it with my Fitbit so that I have my Fitbit watch that tracks everything. And the reason I'm doing this is because I like data. I want data to be able to show me, um, and to keep track of what I'm doing so I can celebrate that, but also to show me where I've fa uh, fallen short. So in I've never tracked calories in my entire life, but I thought, hey, I'm going to track calories as well because it's part of this app. And so <clears throat> here's an example of where our world is when it comes to eating plant-based whole foods. So this app has given me the option to track my calories and to track what I'm eating. And it's given me the option to choose plant-based foods, which is amazing. So I, it's a vegetarian, vegan um, aspect to this app, which is fantastic. But every time I go in to plug in <clears throat> what I had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which in our household, we only eat foods that come from the garden, show up at the grocery store in a whole complete form, or comes directly from the farmer to our house. So it's only whole foods entirely. Um, we don't have very many packaged processed foods. And when I say very many, it means that we do have some, but it's like the jar of apple cider vinegar. We haven't gotten into making our own apple cider vinegar yet. Or it'll be the odd package of a pasta, but even the pasta is like a lentil pasta or a, a whole grain pasta that literally is like the, for example, the lentil is um, blended, dried, uh, or blended mixed with water and then turned into a pasta, or the bean is um, blended mixed with water and then turned into a pasta, and the only ingredient is beans or lentils or or the whole grain or whatever it is. So we don't have a lot of packaged food in our house. And so every time I go to enter my food into this app, it's crazy because it only gives me packaged processed food options. Like I can't just put in 
uh, a bowl of steel cut oats that I made in my house with stewed fruit. So if I want to put applesauce, it's only like Mott's um, applesauce or craft applesauce. And I'm like, well, I'm not eating that. I'm just eating my own applesauce that I made from taking apples, steaming them, and then blending them in a blender. So how do I track my calories appropriately when all I ever get to reference is <clears throat> these packaged processed food products? Like even dates, I went to go put in dates and it only gave me like date bars and date ice cream and date, like, you know, it was crazy. So anyway, that just goes to show you that we are not yet evolved far enough um, and it's not mainstream to have an app that can track whole foods. So if anybody out there knows about a really good app that can track what I'm eating in a real complete way um, compared to how I eat plant-based whole food, that would be amazing. So anyway, it's fine. I just have to go onto other websites that I find online, track my food, then go into the app and find the calorie match that matches what I just ate. It's a little bit more work, but anyway, it's doable. So if there's an app developer out there that is listening to this, please develop that app as if, if it hasn't already been created. So, um, so with the training, and I don't even know how I got into the story, but anyway, we're going to go from, oh, I know it was about the plant-based whole foods and not being able to have an app that tracks. So now that you know that, you know that if you are somebody who's eating plant-based whole food, unrefined food, then um, you are ahead of the curve. And for anybody else who isn't, you can still get ahead of the curve. There's lots of time for you to make these changes and then you literally will still make up only a very few percent of the population in the Western world that I'm talking about that eats this way because we know in the countries that are not industrialized yet, they only have ever eaten plant-based whole foods. They have only eaten foods that they grow in their fields, in their orchards, in their gardens, and take out of the sea and assemble that. And that is their food. They don't process it. It's not packaged. It's not smothered in refined salt, sugars, and oils like our standard American diet is or standard Western diet is. And so it is um, food that is complete. It is whole. And that's what we need to return to. So the first thing that you need to do if you want to build resiliency against COVID-19 and other future pandemics, even illnesses, is you need to kick the refined food addiction, the crack, and you need to get back to eating whole foods. Now, this is going to take some time for you because if you were to literally go into your kitchen and take out every package process thing and replace it by all whole foods, vegetables, fruits, grains, legumes, what's going to happen is that your microbiome is not yet built up to understand and know the complexities of a plant-based whole food lifestyle. So it's going to take a few weeks and maybe even a few months for your microbiome to switch over. And what I mean by that is a really great study came out that showed that meat eaters and dairy eaters have a microbiome that is conducive to digesting meat and dairy. But this isn't necessarily a good thing because what the study showed is that in the thousands and thousands of people that they researched, that the populations that had the highest rate of colon cancer were also the population that had this microbiome that was conducive to digesting meat and dairy. 
So if you have a microbiome that predominantly knows animal-based products, you have an increased chance of developing colorectal cancer. And that's not a good thing. Versus if you have a microbiome that understands and knows and is built up to digest grains, fruit, vegetables, legumes, then you have a lower chance of developing um, colorectal cancer and other cancers as well. And what we're going to see is more and more studies will come out that will show the same connection between breast cancer, um, prostate cancer, uh, bladder cancers, leukemia, literally absolutely all the cancers. And we already know that this is true amongst the autoimmune disorders and diseases that are out there. We know that people who have diabetes, people who have Crohn's disease, who have um, autism and MS and lots of other autoimmune disorders, their microbiome as well has been predominantly created by um, eating foods that are refined, processed, animal-based, dairy, and so on. So the good news is we can change that though. We have the ability to recreate our bodies in thousands of different ways, really just based on the foods we eat, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the stress that we have in our life. So you can change that. And that is such good news because just because you came into this world and you have a microbiome that you came into this world with, that can change and evolve over time and very, very quickly. So for those of you who, you know, you're hearing this for the first time and you're thinking, well, how am I going to do this? This sounds so overwhelming. I get it. It is because right now your brain is battling all the things that you've ever known, the worldview that's been created for you and with you and by you. Um, your worldview is going to be battling everything that you've come to know all those belief systems you have as you venture into this world of what Nikki is saying right now on the Eat Realty Hill podcast. And so this is why it's important that while you're nutrifying yourself with whole foods, that you're also supplementing your brain, okay? You're supplementing your knowledge with evidence that shows that what you're doing, this new path that you're on of eating plant-based whole foods is a good path. It is the right path. It is a wholesome path that is going to produce health for the long term for you. So while you're neutrifying, here's how you're going to supplement your brain. Okay. Now, these are the things that need to be shared in mainstream media. And so I want you to take this information and share it with others around you. Share it with your family members, your loved ones. Go on your social media and share this information with others. So Things that you can do is while you're, let's say, you know, chopping your vegetables and preparing your next lunch, and maybe a big salad, a baked potato, some baked carrots, beets, and cauliflower. Maybe you have half a squash that you're steaming on the stove, or as half a squash that you are cooking in the oven. Maybe you're blending up a beautiful hummus made from chickpeas that you soaked overnight or you're cooking up a beautiful wild rice or long grain basmati brown rice. I don't know. Whatever you're doing right now, you could be watching a documentary. So I just wanted to give you a couple of documentaries that are really important documentaries to watch that will help you 
supplement your brain with information while you're supplementing your body with the nutrients that you're creating in your kitchen. So Game Changers is definitely by far one of the best documentaries that you can watch today that will teach you about plant the reasons why you want to switch to a plant-based whole food lifestyle. The other documentary is a classic 99.9% of my clients who come to me, they come to me after they've watched Forks Over Knives and they say it changed their life. It opened up their worldview to another worldview that includes all of this information about microbiomes and nutrients and supplements and plant-based whole food and exercise and meditation and just doing right by the planet. And that is Forks Over Knives. So I encourage you to watch that. Some other documentaries you can watch are Cowspiracy, um, What the Health, Veducated. Um, there's so many good documentaries. One of my favorite is The C Word. I really um, will you, inspire you, motivate you, encourage you, whatever the word is that you need to, to go ahead and watch it, watch The C Word. Um, that is one documentary that was created on behalf of Dr. David Sirven Schreiber, who outlived a cancer diagnosis for 20 years longer than expected, simply by changing his diet and his lifestyle. And he did that and he was able to outlive the prognosis given to him by his medical doctors. And he was a medical doctor. He was a neuroscientist. So please go ahead and watch those documentaries and absorb as much information as you can. So you're going to nutrify your body and some of you may not have any clue of where to start. And I get that. So really a good place to start is by choosing one recipe book and just making all of the recipes in that book. So one book that I love is called Engine to Diet. An engine like a fire truck engine to like the number two and diet. And I love this book because it was created by a firefighter, Rip Eselstein. And Rip Eselstein is Caldwell Eselstein's son. And Caldwell, Dr. Caldwell Eselstein, MD, was uh, is a brilliant, not was, he is a brilliant medical doctor who has done tons and tons and tons of research on heart health and the immune system and the body and, ha and heart disease and diabetes and so many of the current day medical disorders that are afflicting our society. And Cald Caldwell Azilstein is one of the, you know, he's, you know, one of the many doctors who have been preaching and teaching plant-based whole food nutrition. So to be able to reverse these, the leading causes of death in North America and Europe, which is heart disease and cancer, and now creeping up as diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So Engine 2 Diet is a brilliant recipe book that you can um, access easily, order it on Amazon or whatever, you know, go to a used bookstore if you can access one right now. I know some of the bookstores are still open um, that have really good um, social distancing practices in place. Um, get the book on um, online, do whatever it takes, but get a cookbook that you love and that just, and just choose one and follow all of the recipes. I can't stress that enough. Just choose one. Don't get complicated. Make a different recipe every day for lunch, for dinner, for breakfast. And if you do that, 
your health will be fundamentally different in two weeks from now, in six weeks from now. Another really good cookbook that I love for people who have advanced disease, which majority of the population does, then another good cookbook is the Gerson cookbook. I love that cookbook. It looks like it was made in the 80s, even though it was just actually made in 2018, but the recipes are incredible because they're all plant-based whole food, no sodium, no added oils, and you will notice that there is a little bit of dairy in there and that can be completely eliminated. But if you want to reverse your diabetes or your heart disease or any of your other illnesses now so you can build resiliency in your body so that you're not going to be susceptible to COVID-19 now or down the road when it's another virus or the same virus mutated, then you need to definitely use the Gerson cookbook. Now, another cookbook that I love as well, if you have teenagers in the house, is Thug Kitchen. Tons of swearing in there, but I love the book. It's so funny. The recipes are brilliant, and I highly recommend that you get that cookbook. The other really wonderful cookbook as well is by Michael Greger, and it's called How Not to Die. It's the How Not to Die cookbook. Then there's also the um, Eat to Live cookbook. And um, there's a cookbook, Brilliant, by Joel Furman. There's also Neil Bernard's cookbooks as well. So there's so many cookbooks out there. Get one of them, just one, and start implementing those recipes in your life and get your kids involved in that as well. My kids are eight years old, actually about to be nine years old next week. 13, my daughter Hazel turns 13 today. It's her birthday. So I'm up early recording this podcast so that I can go and spend the entire day with her and our family celebrating the day that she came into this world and her beautiful 13 years of existence on this planet. Um, And then my other daughter is 15 turning 16 and all three of my kids know how to follow a recipe. They know how to also cook instinctively and intuitively. And all three of them make brilliant plant-based whole food recipes in the kitchen on their own all the time. They have been wielding knives since they were literally in diapers, sitting on the counter, chopping things up. And if you are a young parent, get your kids to do that now so that they are able to make incredible recipes for you and your family when they are 8, 13, 15 years old. I promise you it's a foolproof plan to how to get your kids to love eating vegetables and eating fruits and whole grains and legumes is just get them in the kitchen early. So cook together, make your meals together. I encourage you to do that. So those are some of the cookbooks that I love. Now, that's not enough to fill your brain up. Okay. The recipe books, yes. Documentaries, yes. But there are a few books that I also want to share with you because we may never get this time in history again of sabbatical. I call it, this is sabbatical for me. It's a isolation time where we get to really just have this downtime to indulge in as many books as you can take in. So instead of um, binge watching Netflix or Crave or, you know, Prime Video or whatever there is out there, you can 
binge read right now. I've read so many books in the last couple of weeks and books that I've been meaning to read for years and I'm just taking it in and I can't get enough. And I want you to develop an appetite for literature right now. And I'm going to help share some of these books, um, this, the books that I've been reading with you. The China Study by T. Colin Campbell is an incredible book that will help you to feel comfortable about switching from animal-based protein to all plant-based protein. Uh, this book by T. Colin Campbell is phenomenal. It's a fantastic book to share with your medical doctors or any scientists in the house or biologists or chemists or you know anybody out there who has... Uh, who really has a need for data, this book is brilliant. Another really wonderful book that you can read is The Alzheimer's Solution by the Shirzai team. Now, The Alzheimer's Solution is brilliant because it is a book for anybody who is worried about declining mental health, Alzheimer's, dementia, depression, um, anything that affects the brain. So read The Alzheimer's Solution. Now, Blue Zones is one of my favorite books by Dan Bootner. This book is all about longevity. So if you're wanting to live to be 100 or 110 and be free of disease in that entire time, then you want to read the Blue Zones book because it's all about living long and well and free of disease. Another wonderful book is The Pleasure Trap Principle. This is all about how your animalistic brain, remember earlier, I said you were an animal. This book is all about your animalistic brain and the things that it is craving and why it's craving it. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, I eat chocolate and I have to eat salty foods because I'm craving it. But what you don't understand is that you are literally trapped in this pleasure trap and you need to understand that to be able to break free of it. And this is why I call refined processed foods crack because they are literally igniting your pleasure um, centers in your brain and fooling you into thinking you need those foods, but in fact, you don't. And that's taking you away from eating the foods that actually will light you up for the long, long term instead of those short dopamine serotonin hits that you're getting from the refined processed foods. So the Pleasure Trap Principle, brilliant book. The other book that I'm reading right now is called Eating on the Wild Side by Joe Robinson. Love this book because it teaches you all about the thousands and thousands of foods out there on the planet that you could be eating, but that chances are you're just mowing over with your lawnmower or you know spraying with your glyphosate Roundup um, pesticide antibiotic sprays instead of actually learning that all around you there are over 150,000 plant species that you could be eating right now that could be nutrifying your body. So those are just some of the books that I love. I mean, there is Healing Diabetes by Charlotte Gerson. There's Lifelines by Elaine Chin. I'm just looking at my list of books on my bookshelf right now. Healing the Gerson Way by Charlotte Gerson and Beata Bishop. There is, um, you know, you can read my book, Eat Real to Heal. You can devour this book in a night and the next day you'll be ready to go with how to turn on to eating plant-based whole foods and all the reasons why you should. So 
read, read, read. Now, I also want you to watch. I said don't binge watch Netflix unless you are binge watching some good stuff. I was about to say some good shit. And some of that good stuff that you could be watching is, for example, Farmer's Footprint. Farmer's Footprint was created, it's a docu-series that was created by Dr. Zach Bush, triple board certified medical doctor who helps people reverse their chronic disease, including heart disease and diabetes, which you need to be rid of if you want to be resilient against COVID-19. The other documentary that my family just watched and we absolutely love it is The Biggest Little Farm. This documentary was so inspiring because it showed what one couple did with the help of many other people, yes, but what one couple did to hundreds of acres of farmland and how they did this in just two years. They were able to turn soil and farmland that could grow nothing, literally couldn't retain water, couldn't grow a single thing other than desert weeds, and how they turned that into a flourishing, thriving, like incredible garden, and not just a garden, but a farm that's able to produce hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of food for not just themselves, but for their community. So I really encourage you to watch The Biggest Little Farm. You can also watch The C Word, the documentary that I mentioned earlier, um, in addition to The Game Changers and Forks Over Knives. I also want you to listen So listen to my podcast or listen to the Rich Roll podcast or listen to Sonia Looney's podcast. There are so many podcasts out there that are all based on eating incredible plant-based whole foods. And the creators of these podcasts are brilliant people that invite other brilliant people onto their show. So whether it's brilliant medical doctors and scientists or brilliant humans that have actually made the lifestyle changes and switched from the standard American diet to a plant-based whole food diet, then they share their stories on this podcast and you can learn from them. So the Rich Roll podcast, Sonia Looney podcast, we're going to list a bunch of other podcasts in the show notes to this show as well. Now, I already talked about doing, so you're going to switch your lifestyle over. You're going to nutrify your body, and you're going to get the recipe books um, to be able to um, start learning about some really good recipes. But what can you do beyond restoring your nutrition through cooking in the kitchen? And here's one thing that you need to be doing, and that is incorporating juicing into your life. Now, you have to sign up for my course, the Eat Real to Heal course, if you want me to dive into why you want to juice versus taking smoothies, why you want to juice um, as a means for instead of necessarily doing an IV transfusion with your natural path or your medical doctor. Juicing is an IV transfusion of nutrients directly into your bloodstream. And you need to juice to be able to get the additional nutrients because it really is like a glass of supplements that you're drinking where all the fiber has been removed. You don't have to worry about that because you're getting enough fiber from your three meals and all your snacks in the day. But you want to incorporate the juicing into your diet to speed up your healing to get more nutrients than you can ever get um, simply by eating. So juice, we have great recipes on our website. We have great recipes in our 
Eat Real to Heal online course. So I encourage you to sign up for that. It's only $97 right now. It's normally $600, but we have it on um, for $97 temporarily. So I encourage you to sign up for that. And the juice recipes don't have to be complicated. I encourage you not to just juice celery juice. Um, that is the biggest farce that I've seen and the biggest terrible trend that I've seen. So get off the celery juice and get onto the nutrient dense juice that you can get through having a plethora of vegetables in your juicer and eventually into your glass and eventually into your body. So juicing helps with that. Now, you also need to detox at the same time. So if you've listened to my podcast, you know that we are huge proponents. I'm a huge proponent of the coffee enema because out of all the ways to detox your liver and to detox your body, I haven't found another method that is more effective than the coffee enema. However, if you're not into doing that yet and you haven't signed up for a course to learn how to do it safely in the comfort of your own home, it's super inexpensive, it's easy to do, but if you're not there yet, I get it. So in the meantime, you need to turn to other herbs to help you detoxify your liver. Now, beyond herbs, water, drinking you know plenty of clean filtered water, and you must filter your water. This is paramount because municipal tap water is not the water you want to be putting into your body. It's critical that you filter your water for many different reasons um, that I can't get into now. But um, if you are going to filter your water, we use the Berkey water filter, but there's many other um, under-the-counter water filter systems that you can get as well. You just need to find a really good source, somebody who's really trained in your community in water filtration. You can also go, go to the gerson.org website to look at all the different water filters that they support on their website. But I love the Berkey because you can travel with it. It doesn't require any electricity. It lives on your countertop. Your kids can manage it. It's super simple. So drinking lots of fluids. I prefer that you drink juices over water and that you drink soup broths over water. But if you are going to drink water, make sure it's filtered water. So that's a great way to detoxify your body as well. Not the only way, not the best way, but if you can do coffee enemas and the water, then you add the herbs to it, then you are going to be bomber. Okay, so milk thistle is really important herb for helping to detoxify the liver. And I encourage you to take that. Know the contraindications, they're very few, but take milk thistle because it's a brilliant way to detoxify the liver as well. Also, go online and just start Googling, um, you know, top 10 ways to detoxify the liver, and you're going to find that there's a lot of great resources. Incorporate them. But the one thing that you're going to find is that a plant based whole foods diet is a brilliant way as well to detoxify your liver. So in addition to nutrifying your body, doing the juicing, doing the liver detoxing, it's also really important that you supplement. Now, one of the things that they found in the COVID-19 research is that zinc is really important to getting um, certain and um, drugs across the cell wall into the cells to be able to deactivate the virus. Now, zinc is critical every single day of your life. 
And I don't necessarily take zinc as an additional supplement, but you're going to get a lot of zinc through your food, as long as it's coming from a well-sourced farm, organic farm that nutrifies their soil. But if you need to, you could take an additional zinc supplement, of course. So zinc is also really important to have in your body. Another supplement that you definitely want to have in your body during this time is potassium. As you know, we, do, we teach our clients to eliminate all the sodium salt and then to replace it with potassium and magnesium salt. You don't necessarily have to take it as an additional supplement because when you do turn to a plant-based whole food diet, you can get a lot. But if you are in a disease state already, like you have heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune disorders, cancer, um, any other chronic disease, then you need to be adding additional potassium into your body. So, and magnesium as well to help get your body back to a state where it can innately heal itself. But to get the body back to the state where it knows how to innately heal itself, you're going to have to support it by giving it the additional supplements. So potassium is critical. We're going to put a list of the supplements down below and where you can access them from. So don't worry about that right now. I just want to feed you this information so you have it. Potassium is critical for really building up the structural integrity of your cells, but not only that, by helping to make sure that when that structural integrity is there, that you are developing the electrical potential that will keep your body healthy and your immune system active as well. So potassium is critical. Now, one of the other key supplements that we know 95% of the population is deficient with is iodine. Iodine is responsible for cellular apoptosis, which means programming cells to die that are not healthy. So you need iodine to be able to do that. You also need iodine for every single cell in your body just to be able to support the immune system, but also to deactivate viruses and bacteria and to help support the liver and the thyroid as well. So all of your entire blood volume all of it, every ounce of it travels through your liver and through your thyroid. Um, and it takes about three minutes for the, your entire blood volume to be cleansed by your thyroid and your liver. So if it doesn't have the iodine in there, then your body and your thyroid and your liver are not doing a good job of cleansing your blood. So iodine is critical. It's also critical for brain health and optimizing um, performance in your brain. It's critical for that, as well as so many other things. So iodine is something that we 100%, every family member in my family takes it, and you only need one to two drops a day unless you already have a chronic disease and you need to reactivate your innate healing abilities and then you would take more. But we teach this in our Eat Real to Heal program and um, you can learn about it in the book. You can also um, go online and study more about iodine. Really important nutrient to have to support longevity, to support um, getting through COVID-19 and any other future pandemic as well. Now, one of the other things that we know is that people who had weak respiratory systems were, mo were the ones that um, had a higher propensity to dying of COVID-19. 
And so because COVID-19 affects your respiratory tract, it's important to keep your respiratory system really robust. Now, ways that you can do that physically is by engaging in deep breathing exercises like Wim Hof or um, holotropic breathing or any other kind of breath work. You also exercise light to moderate exercise helps to keep your, your respiratory system active, but that's not enough. You also need vitamin D to be able to keep your respiratory system and all of the structures of your lungs and your entire respiratory tract, including the rib cage and all of the muscles active and well. And so vitamin D is critical. Again, we live in a society that is deficient in vitamin D because we are not getting it through the sun because we spent 95% of our time indoors. So we don't, we're not accessing vitamin D um, as well as we're smothering our skin in sunscreen. So even if we are outdoors, the sun can't access our skin to help create the vitamin D inside of our bodies. So you're not getting enough vitamin D. And it's really important to be able to have enough vitamin D in your body for your structural integrity and, and specific to your respiratory system as well. So vitamin D is one of those key supplements. Now, another thing that we use in our house therapeutically is vitamin C. And I encourage you to read the book, Orthomolecular Medicine for Everyone, and get a copy of that book. It should be a coffee table book because it really teaches you how to use supplements um, therapeutically. I know clients, when they come to me, they often are like, well, aren't supplements not safe? And, you know, can it make me sick? And if you look at supplements and you um, start to do the research to understand how many people in history have been affected by supplements, I mean, you can count the number of people that have died from supplements on your hands versus, I mean, just one drug like Vioxx has killed more than 100,000 people a year repetitively. And people don't seem to bat an eyelash to the fact that medical error is the third leading cause of death. And the fact that people are taking medications, pharmaceutical approved medications and FDA approved medications that are killing them every single day in the US and in Canada and in Europe and other places where we use pharmaceutical drugs instead of using nature's principles like food and juicing and herbs to help support our body. So you need to understand how you use vitamin C therapeutically. We teach that in our course as well. Um, and unfortunately, I can't get into everything in this one podcast, but this podcast is really there to plant the seed to really encourage you to dive deep, deeper into the research so you can understand how to use these things effectively in your household. Now, these are the things that should be talked about in mainstream media, but is not. And as you can see, we've gone far beyond just the washing the hands, social distancing, and coughing into your elbow to help you to understand what you can do to increase your immune system today, starting today. And I promise you this will happen from the moment you do these things. Um, you are creating an entirely new microbiome system in your body that is going to help support you in the long term. Now, beyond the things that we just discussed, some other things that I just want to wrap up with before I dive back into um, my daughter's birthday and celebrating her amazingness, her 13-year-old amazingness, um, is this, that during COVID-19, 
it's easy to get off the rails. It's really easy to be like, let's party and to start behaving like a bunch of wild teenagers just because you don't have to go to work every day. But what I encourage you to do is establish a routine in your life, which means getting up at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every day. Now, I'm not doing a particularly good job of this because I'm getting lost in the books that I'm reading um, and learning, but you know, we do try and go to bed between 10 o'clock and midnight. Ideally, you want to go to bed by 10 o'clock every night. But you know, if you can't manage that, then at least try to go to bed between 10 o'clock and midnight and set an alarm for eight hours. So that that way, no matter what time you go to bed, you wake up eight hours later and get yourself into that rhythm. Now, I don't need to talk about alcohol, but I will talk about alcohol because a lot of people now are probably binge drinking just as much as they're binge watching Netflix. Um, this isolation and this pandemic is not a free pass to drink more alcohol. And in fact, if you want to boost your immune system and create a body that is incredibly robust, you need to get off the alcohol because I, there's no study out there that shows that alcohol is actually good for you. So I encourage you all to swap out drinking alcohol for things like drinking. I don't know, you might want to switch to drinking uh, kombucha or kefir or another bubbly beverage. Um, you might put lime in soda water to start with until you switch to kombucha or kefir or in, you know, you can start making incredible iced teas made from all different types of herbs and teas. You can switch to drinking um, and really liking, you know, turmeric lattes and things like that. There's so many other beverages that you can drink um, that are don't have to be alcoholic. If you need to make the transition, make the transition to a non-alcoholic version of what you're drinking first. And then if you really need the support to kick the alcohol, I highly encourage you to sign up for the one year no beer challenge. I am coming up to one year of being alcohol free. It is so exciting. And I do not miss it. Giving it up was hard, even though I wasn't a big drinker, it was still giving, um, giving it up was really challenging, but it has been the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. So think about signing up for the one year, no beer challenge and let me know how it goes. Cause I want to know how you do with that challenge as well. It's not easy in the beginning, but once you can get through it, I promise you it's going to change your life. And the other thing that you can do beyond sleeping well and getting those eight hours and going to bed and having routine and giving up the alcohol is get into a habit of breathing. So before you get out of bed every single morning, I want you to lay there and I want you to do some deep breathing exercises. Now this could be box breathing, which I've talked about before on my show, which is where you inhale for four, hold for four, exhale slowly for four, hold for four super easy. Use that as a form of meditation and breath work in the morning. That will help to expand your lung capacity and also bring in oxygen into the body, expel carbon dioxide out of the body, and help to create a much more fluid system throughout your entire body that is going to help you as well um, support your immune system. So it will also help you to manage stress and it'll also help you to balance the mind because I know for a lot of people right now, and I'm actually really worried about this, is the mental health epidemic that is going to result as 
um, as a symptom of COVID-19. So um, it's important to breathe breathing every single day. You can also do these exercises before you go to bed at night. Now, if you want somebody to guide you, I really recommend Bonnie Coverly as somebody that you can follow, sign up for her free sessions, her paid sessions, do whatever it takes to um, get somebody like Bonnie Coverly or to get Bonnie Coverly to actually support you in understanding how to breathe well. Um, and do this every day, make it a practice. And then of course, meditate. Now, I know this is a lot that I'm asking you to do. So you can combine these things, combine your cooking with meditation, your walking or hiking with meditation, your breath work with meditation, combine your sleeping with meditation. So just before you go to bed at night and just before you wake up, um, as you're waking up, you can incorporate meditation, which means just sitting still and focusing on your body and helping to relax your body from your toes all the way up to the crown of your head. You might choose a mantra, but again, um, if you want somebody to guide you in meditation, I love Emily Fletcher's work. She's doing a weekly group meditation online on Saturdays, which is free. It's a global meditation. She has a free meditation you can download on her website as well that I love. It's a 20-minute meditation. You can do this every single day just before you go to bed, just when you wake up, so it doesn't feel like you have to set time aside for it. So incorporate it into your day. You can also have the meditation going while you're cooking your food and just get into the flow of it. And so that that way you combine your meditation with your cooking, because a lot of people, when they switch to eating plant-based whole food, at the beginning, it feels overwhelming in the kitchen when actually you're just swapping out the act of cooking meat and dairy and you know processed food for just cooking um, real plant-based whole food. And you'll actually get so efficient in the kitchen that you'll realize that you're spending even less time in the kitchen instead of more time. Um, trying to you know open up jars of things and open up package of things and waiting for things to boil and blah 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 things that you know that you do in your kitchen anyway you'll find that it's not much more time once you develop the skills in the kitchen knife skills um, washing skills chopping skills and once you just get efficient at working your kitchen um, so that you can prepare plant-based whole foods instead of refined processed foods foods. But like I said, combine your meditation into that space. And Emily Fletcher's meditation is brilliant for that. So we've covered a lot. And I know some of these things are things that you already know, but there is a huge difference between knowing something and actually doing something. That just to know something and learn something is not enough. You actually need to take the step forward and to actually do it. And I know you can do this. I know you've got this. Uh, you don't need willpower. You just need habit breaking and habit forming power. And one brilliant book that I love, it's called Atomic Habits. Or you can follow Mel Robbins' work, 
uh, the five second rule if you need to learn all about breaking habits and building habits. But it's really important that you know that willpower is not enough to get you there. You actually need to create a mindset. You need to understand why you want to do these things. And then you need to understand how to break habits and form habits. So I encourage you to dive into Mel Robbins' work and dive into the atomic habit work and really learn as much as you can about yourself so that you can create this new lifestyle. Because you're not just creating this lifestyle for yourself, you're creating it for your children, you're creating it for your family, you're creating it for your community, and ultimately you're creating these new lifestyle habits for the planet. If you can do this, you can inspire other people to do this. And that is really the whole mandate behind our 22 million mission. The reason we chose 22 million is because we knew if we can help 22 million people reverse their chronic disease, they will share their stories and their habit producing techniques and their cooking techniques and their motivational skills and their stories with 20, with 10 other people. And if 22 million people can share their stories with 10 other people, that becomes 222 million people that will reverse their chronic diseases. And that is actually the number of people that are currently living with a chronic disease in North America right now. So that's why we chose those numbers. So dive into the things that I said you know, maybe you're going to do it in bite-sized pieces. Maybe you're going to do the whole shabam, shebang all at once. Um, it doesn't matter how you do it. But what I would love is for you to share your st stories with me. I want to know what it was that motivated you, that got you over the hump, that got you to jump that hurdle, um, to switch that worldview and start adopting the things that I talked about today. So you might have already known about this, but now you just need to take the leap into doing it. So share those stories with me, share them with everybody else and share this podcast with everybody that you know. So I thank you all for being here with me today. It's been such a pleasure sharing this information with you and I encourage you to dive in today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Dive in now with your very next meal and start making these changes right away. So thanks everyone. Stay tuned for our next podcast next week and definitely share this podcast with everyone. Thanks so much for being here. Bye-bye.